Hi, it's Danae here, episode 171, and today the topic is how to teach kids about money. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi, it's Danae. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is episode 171, and today we're taking on a topic I admittedly know nothing about, and that's teaching kids about money. So thankfully, since I'm clueless on this, I have a guest for today. So I'm talking with Liz Fraser Peck. Liz is the author of the brand new book, Beyond Piggy Banks and Lemonade Stands, How to Teach Young Kids About Finance, and They're Never Too Young. So in this conversation, I'm picking Liz's brain about how we can teach our kids more intentionally about money without adding too much to our plate, because of course, we always like to keep it simple. Before we get any further, here's a quick word from today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Simple Context, and I will openly admit that when Simple Context approached me as a sponsor for the podcast about a year or so ago, I was hesitant because I thought, hmm, a mail order contact company. I wasn't sure it sounded particularly interesting or even relevant for you all. But when I tried it out, I was pleasantly surprised. There's actually an in-app vision test for only $20 that you can do from the comfort of your own home. It takes about five minutes. And they have all the brands and types of lenses that you're familiar with, so you're not going to have to shop around to find the best price. I was pleasantly surprised at the time and money that it saved me when it was time to renew my contact lens prescription. So try it. Get $20 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com forward slash simple20 or enter the code simple20 at checkout. Again, get $20 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com forward slash simple20 or enter the code simple20 at checkout. But remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. All right, so moving forward, a little bit about Liz, our guest for today. So she's a certified financial planner, and she's also a mom of two young kids. After working in financial planning, Liz came to understand that money was a taboo topic for people, even within families. And as a result, many of us, myself included, just really aren't talking to our kids about money that much. And it's a pretty well-known fact that our kids are reaching the high school and university age with with very little exposure about practical money management. So how do we start now in small doses, teaching our kids little bits and pieces so that they're ready when they get older, they're ready by the time they have their first jobs to manage that money. They know what it means to save and to budget. So I'm excited to introduce you to Liz and everything that we're talking about today. I know that I learned so much and I hope to continue this conversation with her because I think it's a really important topic for all parents out there. So thanks again for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you have questions or comments, you can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 171. You can also take a screenshot while you're listening to this and send me a message on Instagram. I'm always available chatting with you over there too. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm good, Danae. Thanks so much for having me here. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. There are a couple of topics that I feel completely incompetent at when it comes to kids. Um, One being how to talk to kids about the birds and the bees, which I did an episode on a couple of months ago. Um, And the other one being money and how to talk to kids about money and how to approach money. And um, I don't know, am I the only one out there that thinks this is kind of a daunting task? No, not at all. And you know, it's really, it's really interesting. And it's really exciting for me, because this is such a passion project of mine. 
it's exciting to see that talking to kids about money is starting to be on the radar a little bit more. And we're starting to hear a little bit more about it, um, especially when it comes to teaching kids um, finance in, in high school and things like that. But I really feel like there's a pretty big tide that's turning from, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, most of us did not have our parents talking about money. So I do think it's something that's now becoming more of a focus for parents, which is awesome. Yeah, and it has to be. I think with the the debt ratio in the US right now, it's just I mean, there's there's no avoiding it. Although I can't say that because I I've been avoiding it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's that brings up such a good point and part of the reason why I'm I'm so passionate about getting kids to understand money at an early age is because if you look at American adults today, they're overall really struggling financially. You know, I mean, you said the the debt ratio. I mean, it's it's unbelievable and really scary how much debt we have in credit cards and in student loans. Most Americans don't have enough saved for retirement. And all of this comes down to a lack of financial education. Um, and I'm a financial planner. And when I meet with clients, you know, I, I hear, and just being a financial professional in general, and talking to people about finance, I hear how intimidated people are about finance in general. And, um, you know, it, there's a lot of mystery around it. It seems really complex and it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a hedge fund manager or understand Bitcoin to be financially healthy. You really just have to understand um, the importance of saving early um, debt management, how to spend responsibly, how to give back the importance of giving back. And those are just some bare basics for people to understand to be financially healthy, but they're intimidated about it because nobody ever taught them finance. So adults are struggling today and don't understand basic financial concepts, but how would they? Nobody ever taught them. Right. And your book, Beyond Piggy Banks and Lemonade Stands, How to Teach Young Kids About Finance, is something that really appeals to me because I kind of just want you to tell me exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's intimidating for parents, um, I think, to get started teaching their kids about finance because they don't understand it themselves. So they kind of feel like, well, how can I even start teaching my kids finance? Because I don't understand this stuff. But I think something for parents to keep in mind, one thing is that they know a lot, you, you and all parents know a lot more about money than you think you do. You know, you are, you may not be managing your own stock portfolio, but you don't need to do that to understand finance and to be able to teach your kids how to be financially healthy. You know, you are budgeting every day. You're making this spending decisions every day. You're thinking about um, where to save your money every day. And a lot of this is kind of on autopilot. So you might not realize that you're doing it. So so you do have a lot of um, basic understanding about finance. And also you have something that kids don't, and that's experience. You have experience in this. You experience budgeting, experience in savings. So I think that that's really um, the biggest hurdle for most parents is I don't understand finance. So how can I teach it to my kids? And also where in the world do I start? Right. And it's interesting. I feel like as I've gotten older, I feel increasingly incompetent. And I think that's because like when I was young and I was in my 20s, 
I went in single. I was great with my money and I was great with finances, my finances. And I feel like I had it really under control. I think that as I got older and my finances got more complicated, especially once I got married and there were two of us that were spending on joint accounts and then we had a mortgage and things just became so much more complicated so much more quickly that I I lost a lot of confidence in that. So you would think that as you get older, you get better at it. But I also think as you get older, things get more complicated and, and you might, maybe some people are like me where they feel like they just kind of start to suck at it. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's, it's partly exactly what you just said that they do get more complicated, you know, in your twenties, it's easy to save because you're just thinking about yourself. And so you've got extra money and yeah, I'll put this into retirement. I'll put this into an emergency fund. So it does get a lot more complicated. You start taking on more debt because you have larger purchases like homes. Um, but also it's because you have such a great responsibility and you're terrified of making a mistake because you have kids. And so having kids just puts the weight of the world on us. And we're so worried we're going to do something wrong because now we're taking care of kids. And that's kind of how I actually became a financial planner. I became a financial planner when I got pregnant with my first child, because I immediately went into crazy mama mode. And I immediately was like, oh my God, I need to have everything in order. I need to get my will together. We need to make sure we have all of our insurance. I started making spreadsheets for everything that I did, every place that our money was, looking at our investments. And and so I, I think that it is with parents, especially it's part that your finances get more complicated, but it's part that there's... Um, more more weight behind those finances. Your decisions actually have real consequences for not just you, but for your family. And you're, you want to make sure that your family's protected and prepared, and it kind of makes you paralyzed. Yeah, absolutely. And how old are your kids, Liz? They are three and six. Okay. So very close in age to mine. So I feel like this is sort of a start of a new journey teaching young kids about money. And with my background in child development, my first thought is with kids as young as ours, the best way to teach them is through tangible means. So that means going to this all cash system where they see me spending 20s and 5s and 10s, and they see me with change and coins that I can actually touch and handle. And so that's where my brain goes. It's like, I need to drop the credit cards, just go to cash so they can see the cash. Um, But at the same time, I just am not willing to do that. That I know that works for a lot of people, but for our family, it just seems like too much work and I don't think it's the right fit for us. So what do I need to go to an all cash system to really get kids to understand how spending happens and how it works? I'm so glad you asked that. First of all, because this is this is really right there why I wrote this book, because I wanted to write a book for parents that was realistic. You know, I didn't want this to be something that added to their plate or didn't work for their families. I want it to be realistic. And it's just not realistic. You know, most most people don't have $136.25 in their pocket when they go to the grocery store. So that's not always realistic. And I, I get that. And it's not necessary to teach kids finance. What I would recommend is... Um, having some, some cash and coins around the house and doing some basic activities. And this is also a great way to incorporate teaching math as well. Um, have them, you know, count out your change, have them, you know, do games like, um, how many different ways can you count to, can you make 74 cents with, with this amount of change and things like that. So that's a way to kind of get them, um, actually, 
using money and engaging with it because kids at young age, they, we all know this, they learn by using their senses. They learn by engaging with something. So they want to touch it. They want to feel it. They want to play with it. Probably put it in their mouth. Our three-year-olds, exactly. (laughs) Put it in their mouth. (laughs) However they want to learn, I'll go for it. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so a way that you can do this is just do it in small purchases. So if you're going to a coffee shop, for example, have $7 in your wallet, which I get, that's not always easy. I rarely have cash in my wallet. So I have to think about it and say, oh, I'm going to have my daughter with me. I'll get $10 out. Um, so have $7 in your pocket and have your child pay for it. Have them give the money to the cashier, have the cashier give it back, have them count it out. Um, so you can use um, just small purchases as examples. You don't have to go completely cashless because it's just not realistic. And I think that um, on another level, this is an interesting topic because there is um, because there's so much focus right now on teaching kids finance that there's a lot of um, new financial apps that are dedicated um, directly to teaching kids finance. There's a lot of different um, new online bank accounts and things like that. And I think that those are great tools. They're fantastic. And I'm thrilled that people are involved in getting kids to learn finance. But I do think that they need to start with cash because digital money is just too hypothetical for young kids. Um, But once they have uh, the basics about cash and coins and understand the values and things like that and are comfortable with it, then I think it's great to move on to digital money because we want to be realistic. We want our kids to be able to function in the real world. And this really is a digital and almost cashless society. Yeah, I actually, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but my son just shortly after his fifth birthday, his friend had a dollar and he, I heard him ask her, what's that? And I was like, oh boy, I've got, I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and that's totally understandable. And it's nothing for you to be embarrassed about because Nobody is using money anymore. We just don't, we don't have cash laying around anymore. So kids just aren't exposed to this. And, and, you know, it's interesting because 20 years ago, this would have never been a problem. I mean, whether or not the parents were teaching finance, we just see money everywhere. When we think of money, we think of dollar bills and coins. And now when we think of money, we think of a plastic card that our parents give to the cashier and they can get whatever they want. Yes, exactly. And it's so abstract to understand that you when you can and when you can't use your card. And that's something I feel like I'm struggling with with my kids explaining. I think about like yesterday, for example, we went into the city and we were in Central Park and we went there so that my son could drive the remote control boats. Like he's really been wanting to do that since last year. And that's the whole reason that we went. So we went and we drove the remote control boats. And then like right next to the remote control boats is the guy with the giant bubbles and it's free, but you have to tip them a couple dollars. So my daughter really wanted to do the giant bubbles. So put $5 into the bubble guy's jar, spend $5 on the bubbles. And then we went to the zoo and which that the zoo in Central Park is not super expensive. So it wasn't really that pricey of a day. Um, but at the zoo, my son wanted to do one of those quarters where you like crank the quarters, which is 50 cents, 51 cents. Cause you put the penny in and then right. you, cr- you like smash the quarter or smash the penny. Um, And I told him no, that he couldn't do that. And part of me, like most of me was saying no, just because I had said yes to everything else that day, pretty much. It's not that I couldn't afford the 50 cents, but I was just saying no, because I had felt like I had said too many yeses and that my kids need to learn these limits around spending money. But then I also think like, 
is that really making a difference? And do I need to be explaining to him, I'm saying no to you because we've already spent money on the boats and we already spent money on the bubbles. And should I be going into that lengthy explanation about the things that we already spent on and how we need to limit our money? I, I guess, how do, how do I know how much to say? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's really relevant, I think, for, for most parents, because this is probably how money conversations start or, or should start. This is a great opportunity to start talking to your kids about money. And I think that, you know, um, when you start, when, when you know, your son is asking, can I have this? And if you're at a point where you feel like, well, I've, I've bought him plenty, you know, I probably don't need to buy him anything more. I think it's fine just to say, well, you know what, we've already spent $5 on this, we spent $10 on this, I really didn't want to spend more than $15 today. So, um, you know, we, we've already spent that. So we're not going to spend it on this. And I think as a parent, just keep in mind, your expectations, your expectations aren't that they're going to learn that and then it's over. You know, you're just starting to expose them, you're starting to expose them to money and the value of money. And that when you buy something, that's a decision. And every time because I think that even adults, people lose sight of the fact that every time you buy something, that's a decision. You're making a decision to use that $10 for this rather than using it for this or rather than saving it. So I think that just by saying it to them and telling them that, um, you know, we've spent enough money today, so I don't want to spend any more on this. I think that you're starting to expose them to some important concepts around smart spending decisions. But another thing that you can do, and this is a tip that I have in my book, that you can, if you're going someplace, like let's say um, when you guys were going, if you guys do another day in the city, and you know that you're probably going to spend money on a couple things like that, you know, like the penny machine at the zoo, maybe they want a slushy someplace, some extra things. You could set a budget for your child in the beginning of the day and say, here's $10. This $10 is for you. You can do whatever you want with it, but you're not getting anything more. So I'm going to pay for your transportation. I'm going to pay for your food, you know, outline exactly what you're going to pay for and say anything else you buy. But once the $10 is gone, you're not getting anything else. So that way, when they, when they decide that they want to buy something, they want bubbles and they need to put $5 into the, um, into the, you know, the, the bubble man's um, bank then you say to them, okay, so I just want to make sure that you understand that that's $5 you're putting in there. You only have $5 left. So maybe that's a slushie or maybe that's a small toy in the gift shop, but it's not going to be, you know, anything larger than $5. So that's a really easy way to set some clear boundaries for your kid while you're also teaching them. I love that. And it's so simple. But the only thing about that is I do feel like it would kind of take over our day. Like my kids would be like, well, I have $3 and now I have $5 and what am I going to spend my money on? And I just feel like it would be, it would kind of drive the way that we spend our day, this idea that they have to spend the money and um, talking about it all day. So I do you feel like that would kind of fade off if we did that frequently, the excitement around it. Um, I mean, have you done that with your kids multiple times? Does that excitement kind of wear off and just kind of become part of your regular routine? I do. And in the beginning, you know, and this isn't this isn't all the time because there's not a lot of times with my kids where we're going something where I know I'm going to buy them toys or or presents or or treats. You know, most of the days we're just doing our regular routine and and we don't incorporate that. But yeah, I've done this with my kids and not my 3-year-old because, you know, <laughs> 3 3 you can start talking a little bit about things, but he's not really retaining a lot of this. But with my 6-year-old, we do this. And if we're doing, we're having a special day, we do a lot of mommy daughter days. And 
I'll tell her up front, you know, we're going to be, this is what we're going to be doing throughout the day. And there's going to be a couple places where um, you can, you know, maybe buy a souvenir or maybe you're going to want an extra treat. Then I'm going to give you this amount of money and you can use it however you want throughout the day. And in the beginning, the first couple of times, it is something that they focus on because it's just new to them. But after a while, they get into the habit and it only takes a couple, it really only took my daughter a couple of times, but they get into the habit of just understanding, oh, well, I've got some money for extra things. So it doesn't seem like a burden. It seems like, wow, I get to get some extra things with this money. And to make it a little bit simpler, you can say to your kids, you know, I'm going to get you a slushie and I'm going to get you, you know, I'll get you these things. But if it's above and beyond that, then you have money for the extra things. So they don't feel like they aren't going to get anything if they um, spend all of their money. Got it. Okay. So having a little bit of wiggle room in there and just playing around with your kids to see how to, how to work this best. But I do really like that idea. And I think we're going to definitely try that next time. Although I will have to do it with my three-year-old because there's no way I'd be able to get it, get away with giving my five-year-old money and not my three-year-old. For some reason, she's very interested in coins right now. Like she always has to have coins in her pocket or in her mouth. So funny. Um, But she's so interested. She calls them magic coins and she usually just insists on having a quarter and a penny everywhere she goes. Um, But yeah, she's super interested in just touching them and having them with her. That's so funny. My son is also, and it just shows that how quickly they absorb things. You know, he's three years old. He doesn't really understand the value of money or coins, but he talks about it all the time. I mean, granted, I just wrote a book on it. So my kids are probably a little bit more aware than the average three and six-year-old about money. But it does. It's interesting how quickly they absorb this information, how um, how open they are to it, and how much they retain. And you know, there's just some funny examples. Like I think about with my daughter. My daughter's six, and the way that we started teaching, and this is how I recommend um, in my book and with families to start the conversations with money around needs versus wants. You know, that's a really easy way to to start this. Just talking about needs versus wants. It's not about money. It's just you know, there's certain things that we need to live and ask your kids, you know, what do you, what do you think that we need to live? And usually like ice cream is going to come up and you say, well, ice cream is great. We love ice cream, but we're, we don't need ice cream to survive. So they, they start getting the hang of it and it's fun. And you kind of start making this like a car game with your kids, right? You know, you say what, you know, sunglasses or shoes, which is a need and which is a want. And you get some interesting conversations because sometimes they're they're not clear. You know, is a car a need or a want? Well, if you need to drive a car to get to your job, well, then that's technically probably a need. But is a luxury car a need? No, that's more of a want. Um, but anyway, so um, back to just how kids retain so much information. I do this with my daughter all the time. So one day I was sitting outside with my daughter, you know, and I'm just talking to myself and I'm like, oh, we really, we really need a bigger yard. And Maddie just looks straight at me and goes, mom, you want a bigger yard. You do not need a bigger yard. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, oh, good going. Um, So anyway, you know, it is just, it's interesting how quickly kids, even as young as three, start talking about, start talking about money. My, My son, actually, he's obsessed with looking at the book and He's also obsessed with dinosaurs, so he keeps calling it finance and dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough, right? Close enough, right. <laughs> so I feel like our kids are actually learning a lot more just being around us every day. Like we think we – it's one of those things I sense that we – 
we feel like we need to teach our kids outright, but really they learn a lot of it just through our modeling and just through being around parents who are spending money day in and day out on regular things. Yeah. And that's such an important point. Um, and something for parents to always keep in mind because it's like anything else. It's like nutrition. It's like anything. Our kids, we are our kids number one main role model in life for better or for worse. So whether we're intending to teach them or not intending to teach them, we're teaching them and we're influencing them. And that's especially true for finance. Um, Every time that we talk about money, every time we don't talk about money, every time we go on spending splurges, every time we travel, every time we eat out, um, our attitudes around money, everything we do is teaching kids about money. So it's it is important to do it intentionally, you know, um, and there's some pretty easy things that you can do just to make sure that you're being a financial role model for your kids. And, you know, let's face it, all of us could use some better financial behaviors and kind of think a little bit more before we spend. But, you know, it's things like when you go grocery shopping with your kids, make a list out, make a list of the things you want and talk to your kids about why you're doing this. Well, I'm making a list because I, I don't want to um, buy anything that I don't need right now. And I don't want to spend too much money and I want to stay focused. So we're going to stay on this list. And when you get to the grocery store, go through the list and help your kids, um, have your kids help you find the things on the list to bring over. And it helps them, um, understand, um, impulse buying and how to try to avoid impulse buying. And another way you can do that is if your child see something or you see something that you really like, but that's a little bit more money than what you would normally spend, just say out loud, you know, I think I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a day before I buy this because I want to make sure that it's really worth this money because this is kind of expensive. Um, so, you know, that's a way to set an example, a positive example when it comes to impulse buying, smart shopping. Um, also, make it a point when you're talking with your kids about buying something, whether it's for you or whether it's for them, um, look at alternatives to buying, you know, it doesn't always have to be buying something new say, Oh yeah, you know, you want a new bike. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's look and see if we can and buy one, um, from a Facebook group or, you know, if it's a, a toy or a book, well, let's look at the library first and see if we can rent one from the library for free. So always look at alternatives for, for buying things. That's another great way to set an example. Yeah. And I think just having the conversation about it, because I know a lot of my spending decisions really happen in my head. It's very rare that I'm actually talking about my spending decisions out loud, unless for some reason I'm talking with my kids and really trying to intentionally be teaching, or if I'm talking to my husband and we're making a joint decision, but the day in and day out spending and money conversations are really all going on in my brain and really working on making some of those more verbal and putting those out in front of my kids a little bit more so they can see me making those decisions and they can see the times when I choose not to buy something because I think that's kind of invisible. They see us when we are buying something, but they don't hear us weighing through the pros and cons and deciding not to buy things. Yeah. And that's such a smart way to put it. That's exactly right. You know, they, um, they're, they're learning from us and they're, they don't, they don't know that's making a purchase as a decision. And so they need to hear from us that we're thinking about it, that this is, we've identified that this is a decision, that we are looking at different options, we're evaluating them, we're making sure that we're making the right decision. And then we're thinking about it afterwards and thinking about whether this was a good decision or um, if it's not, you know, and it's okay to talk to your kids about 
some spending mistakes that you made. You want to keep it pretty positive because you want to make sure that your kids don't feel any anxiety about finances. So I don't recommend being completely open with your finances if you are stressed about money. Um, because again, this is kids really their first experience with money and you don't want them to have any anxiety or bad feelings around it. But it's okay to be like, you know, uh, last week I bought this coat and I it was too much money and I knew it, but I bought it anyway. And now I'm really regretting that decision because I could have used that money for, you know, this, this, and this. So it's okay to walk through and talk about mistakes that you've made and what you've learned from them. And then also talk to your kids about things that you're excited about. You know, gosh, I really, I'm so excited about this vacation that we're taking. I, you know, for the past couple months, we've really been watching our spending because we wanted to save up enough money so that we could do some really fun, you know, dinners out and try new restaurants while we're on vacation. And um, so, so it's, it's really important and um, it's a great way to teach them by talking through your spending decisions and your successes and your failures. Yeah. And talking about it, because a lot of times talking about finances is not something that we're comfortable doing. It's not, it's something that seems a little bit inappropriate, especially for me when I'm out in public, like when I was at the zoo yesterday, trying to explain to my son about why he wasn't getting the the smushed penny for 51 cents and explaining that we've already spent enough money today and we've already had a lot of fun experiences. And that I feel like was a little bit uncomfortable because there were a lot of people around. So to be talking about that in public around a lot of people, I think wasn't entirely comfortable for me. And it's so funny because you'd probably be more comfortable talking about the birds and bees in front of people rather than because, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's such a, such a strange concept because we're, we are, encouraged as parents to start talking to our kids about everything at an early age. I mean, really, you know, the birds and the bees and drugs and, you know, safety and nutrition and everything else. But for some reason, money is a taboo, is a taboo subject. And it's just because it's never been talked about in the old days. You know, it was very, it was very taboo to talk about money and, you know, you don't want to seem like you're bragging and it was something that was private. Um, And also I think that because, there's so many, it, it's especially important to be open with your kids about money because there's so many mixed messages about money out there. You know, if you look, I mean, in media today, social media, there's just, you know, some people in some places, um, you know, people envy the wealthy and, and money is everything and money is really important and you've got to drive certain cars and have certain houses. And then on the other hand, you hear things like um, you're greedy if you want more money and money is the source of all evil. So it's important for your kids to understand that money is neutral. Money is not good or bad. Money is neutral and it's a tool. It's a tool to help you reach your goals. It's important. It's not everything, but it's important. Um, but having talking openly with your kids about money takes the the taboo um, away from it. And it makes it, it normalizes it so that as they get older, it's not something that they're uncomfortable with. It's a normal part of their, their daily life, just like good nutrition is, and just like being safe and staying away from drugs and taking care of their bodies. It's something that it's normalized and just talking about it openly normalizes it, but it's more uncomfortable for the parents than it is for the kids. The kids don't care. The kids have no idea that money is something you shouldn't talk about. So I think this is something I'm hoping this is something that's going to be changing with the next generation. Right. Because the more we talk about it, the more comfortable we're going to be and the more comfortable our kids are going to be talking about it and hopefully more aware as a result. Exactly. And and that's really, I mean, that is just why I'm so 
passionate about this because it's such a simple thing. It's such a simple thing to start talking to your kids about money. You don't have to be a financial genius. Just start getting them comfortable with the concepts around money. And then when they're older, they're going to have some basic concepts. They're going to understand that they save early, that they should have an emergency fund, that they shouldn't get that first credit card that's you know 20% interest rate and things like that. And that's going to make a massive, massive difference in their financial um, life and their financial health going forward, which affects everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I know everyone is thinking this. What about an allowance? What do you think about allowances? Oh, I love allowances. And I, if there's such a thing, I am a pro allowancer. Um, I, you know, it's a great debate right now. It's a huge debate among parents. And, you know, it's understandable why it's a debate. Because as parents, what we do best is worry that we're going to make some gigantic mistake that ruins our kids for life. So allowance right now is that debate. And, um, you know, I feel pretty confident in confirming that there's really no right or wrong way to give an allowance. Um, As long as you're following some basic rules, um, you want to keep it positive. You never want to use allowance in a negative way, like I'm going to take away your allowance as punishment, because again, this is kids' first experience with money. So you don't want it to cause anxiety. Um, And as long as you're not giving them enough money for like, you know, they can put a down payment on something or, or you're making them do something dangerous, like scale the roof for allowance. Really, um, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to give an allowance. Um, but I'm a big fan of allowance because the best tool to teach kids money is money and giving them an allowance actually gives them money to practice on. They can practice spending, they can practice saving, they can practice giving, Um, They can make mistakes and they're making mistakes at a time when it doesn't matter. There's no real consequences and they can learn from it and move on. Yeah. And I, I, I know that there's a lot of opinions about this out there. So I appreciate hearing yours on it. We haven't done an allowance yet, but um, I do, th- I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I just, it's one of those things I feel like I've been avoiding this subject at all costs. So I think it's definitely a conversation that I need to start with my husband and figure out what, where we're going to really move, how we're going to move forward with this with our kids. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple different ways to start an allowance and to to give your kids an allowance. There's the traditional way of your child does chores and you pay them money each week for doing chores. And that works. And and if that works for your family, that's fine. But the problems there are that, first of all, which my my six-year-old wouldn't, but I can completely see my three-year-old when he gets of age saying, you know what? I don't need money this week. I'm not going to do chores. <laughs> so it gives them the option, which you don't want them to have the option. And you also, um, you want them to do certain things in the house because they're part of the family and they're just expected to. So you're not paying them for it. So uh, a different way to give allowance, um, which you know people started kind of talking about recently is giving them a basic allowance and an easy rule of thumb is a dollar per year. So my six-year-old is getting $6 a week. And you give them an allowance, um, you give it to them each week, no matter what, it's always $6. It's a good time to talk about money with them. You know, it's a good time to talk about, well, you know, are you still thinking about saving up for that Lego set? Or have you changed that? Oh, you know, you got six more dollars in your spend. That'll be great when we go to the beach next week, you know, just to kind of regroup and talk a little bit about, about their money and how they're managing it. Um, but then- Would you always do cash for that? 
I always do cash. Yep. When they get older and they understand money, they understand cash coins or their piggy banks are literally bursting, then I think it's a good time to move into um, online. And a great transition is just opening a bank account with them. Um, but another way that you can, you know, because because I think that the issue with that structure of allowance is that um, parents think, well, then my kids don't understand that they have to work to make money. They're just they're just getting money each week. And so you can um, outside of the allowance say, you know, if you want to earn extra money, um, you can wash the dog for a couple dollars or you can wash the windows or do something that's above and beyond what they should basically be doing. But then that makes chores, their basic chores, not tied to money. You know, every day you should make your bed, you should help with the dishes and you should clean up your toys just because you're part of the family. And that's what we do. Right. And I think that's, that's the part that, that does trip up a lot of parents. What are the, what are the responsibilities involved with an allowance? And I think that's, that decision ultimately is really personal for, for every family. It is. It's personal. It depends first of all on your financial situation. Um, you know, even giving your child a dollar a week is helpful because you're giving your kids some money to practice on. But I think that the biggest thing with parents and allowance is for them to set their expectations. The, the reason you're giving an allowance to kids is not so that they um, can start saving for allowance or, or make a dent in a big saving fund or something like that. It's for practice. That's all you're doing is you're giving them money so that they can practice and they can learn about money. And however you want to do it, whatever works for your family um, is going to be beneficial for them. Oh, good. Well, I love this. And I love this conversation. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's something we can keep talking about on Simple Families, because I think that so many parents need support around this. And I think so many of us are doing much better than we already know. And we can just tweak a few things, start a few conversations and actually make a big difference just from the little things. Yeah, I would love to keep talking about it too, especially because, you know, with simple families, you're all about keeping it organic and simple. And I think that that's really important when it comes to teaching your kids finance, because, um, you know, when, when parents here teach your kids finance, I think that's really overwhelming and they envision like these big sit down lessons and they're like, you know, I'm a part-time chauffeur and a part-time cook and nutritionist, and I'm trying to have a social life. And oh, by the way, I work and I have all these things on my plate. How in the world am I going to add teaching finance on my plate? Um, but it's something that really you can do throughout the day, doing things that you're doing every day anyway. So it's not meant to be something um, that's that's adding to parents' huge list uh, to-do lists. It's meant to be something that they're already doing anyway, and they can just incorporate finance into their lives with their kids. That's great. And I think this book is going to help so many people. So beyond piggy banks and lemonade stands, thank you so much, Liz. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was great to talk with you. And is there anywhere we can find you on the internet, on Instagram, Facebook, that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I have a website that's lizfraser.com and um, Twitter is Peck. Great. And that's Fraser spelled F-R-A-Z-I-E-R, right? Yeah. You're one of the rare people who gets it. <laughs> Awesome. And I'll put those links in the show notes too. Okay. That would be great. I'm so glad that you tuned into today's episode. If you want to stay in touch with Simple Families, go to simplefamilies.com and leave your email address. The email list is the best way to stay in touch. You're going to get all the updates with what's going on on the blog, on the podcast, and in the community. If you're interested in staying in touch with Liz, our guest for today, you can find those links over in the show notes. 
The link for the show notes is simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 171. Something fairly new to the podcast, all the episodes are now going to have transcripts. So if you go to the show notes, not only can you get the links to the things that we're talking about, but you can also get the full transcript for the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll chat with you next week.